0: Hello, my name is Dylan, and this is the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a place where I interview heroes of reality, of life, science, technology, and more. And I share their stories, lessons, journeys, inspiring you to be the hero of your reality. And on this podcast, I interview my friend, Anthony Kolova. He recently sold his nutrition company and went on an 18-week round-the-world journey. And in that 18-week journey, he actually goes on a purification and spiritual process. He talks about his work, his inner work, and the work that he does to get ready for this plant medicine, the takeaways from that, and what he feels called now to do because of that. He is an incredible man. Um, He is an influencer. He had, I believe, a half a million um, followers on social media. Um, But he's overall a tremendous human being and uh, what he shares with me in this podcast gives me chills. And I hope it does the same for you as well. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Anthony Kolova. Hey Anthony, how you doing today, man?
1: Uh, I, I couldn't be better, man. I'm looking at your pretty face. <laughs> um, behind behind the, my computer is the ocean. I'm in a beach house with my parents, quarant- quarantining right now, isolating in uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Oh. And I just came off of an 18-week trip around the world, so uh, I'm I'm fantastic right now, my friend.
0: Wow, yeah, it must be pretty different. Um, going away for 18 weeks and then coming back to the way it is in the U.S. currently—that's uh, probably a hard uh, juxtaposition.
1: Uh, juxtaposition is a good way to describe it, man. It's it's rainbows on the left and Trump on the right, and um, <laughs> I'm I'm like you know, we, my wife and I set off, uh, we sold our business in November Mm -hmm. and, uh, we, we were supposed to get in an RV and travel the country and visit friends along the way and just explore America. And, um, after selling the business, like three days in, we were kind of like, well, you know, we always wanted to take a trip around the world. We always wanted to go on this magnificent journey. And, um, we thought, well, let's let's do that first, and then get in the motorhome and then travel and and do all those things. So we literally within a week we had took everything out of our motorhome, put it in storage, and bought a one-way ticket to the Philippines. Wow! Uh, from there we went to um, Phuket, Thailand, and then Bangkok. Then we went to Europe, where we went to Istanbul, the only city that straddles two continents, Asia and Europe. Um, Yeah, pretty cool. And so when you're in Istanbul, in in Turkey, in Istanbul, you can either be in Asia if you want, or you can cross the bridge and go over to the other side and you can be in Europe. So both continents in one one city. Uh, From there, man, I I, I guess I could give you the whole list if I could remember it, but it was Croatia, uh, Austria, Prague, uh, Berlin, um, London, Paris, dubai nepal costa rica back to south america wow. i think i might be i might be missing a couple in there but yeah we we traveled we stayed every you know maybe four to eight days at any given spot and then um finished off
0: at costa rica uh for about four weeks wow um lots of questions um yeah. <laughs> someone being around okay so what was the guiding force for you Picking the different locations. I mean, why was it just bucket list places you want to go to, or was there a theme in between them, or, you know, how did we be able to choose the different places to go to?
1: Sure. Well, the the first thing that we wanted to do was relax. We wanted to chill out for a week or two and have nothing to do, nowhere to go. And uh, so we we watched a bunch of YouTube videos and talked to friends that travel a lot, and we we had done some traveling ourselves, but not not like this. Mm. And uh, the the important thing was that we kind of decompress from the stress of uh, running a business that I was no longer uh, passionate about, and then the stress of selling a business, which took about four or five months, uh, maybe maybe three or four months, and then um, just getting to a place where her and I could spend time together without all of those external forces like beating us down. And so uh, we picked the Philippines because it was really chill, really calm, didn't have a lot that we wanted to see. Like mm-hmm. we didn't want to like pick Hawaii because then we'd be like, oh, we need to go do this thing and go do that. We wanted to plant ourselves somewhere on the beach around coconuts, around good food where we could just absorb the sun, relax, take naps in hammocks and hammocks and be cool for a bit. So that that was our first stop. Sure. Um, then we went wanted to go with like, let's have a little bit of action and then let's have a little bit of crazy. Um, so we, we picked Phuket um, as our second stop where it was. Uh, definitely a lot more volume,
0: mm-hmm. uh, a
1: lot louder than uh, Cebu, Philippines. Um, but not as insane as I had made um, Bangkok out to be. And so then we went to Bangkok to really like dive into some like holy shit. And then um, from there we we just kind of figured out like what's, what's next. And, and every new country or city that we went to, We picked sometimes the day before we left, sometimes a week before we left. It just kind of like we had an understanding of what we were going to do up until about Christmas or New Year's. And Christmas we spent in Vienna Mm -hmm. and New Year's we spent in Prague. After that, it was, all right, what's next? What's next? What's next? And we just kept on doing that until um, we got to uh, Nepal where we had a 21-day Panchakarma cleanse scheduled. Which we scheduled while we were traveling. What's and that? Then we went. To, uh, so, panchakarma means five treatments uh-huh. and um, five therapies, five actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, some variation of that. And the the five things. Let's see if I can remember what they are. Um, we didn't do all five because you rarely will do all five. But it's an Ayurvedic treatment that started in the Himalayas, worked itself through um, Nepal, and then to India. Now, in India, for the last thousand years or whatever, has been the hot spot. But this is Ayurvedic medicine that has been around. If I believe for 5,000 years and um, the first thing that you do is you you change your diet and Mm -hmm. basically you're eating vegan and you're eating low sodium and low sugar and low Mm -hmm. caffeine, no caffeine, you know, things like this. You're just purifying your system by – with with food. Mm -hmm. Then you go to um, olefication which is uh, – there's another name for it. I'm not recalling right now but basically we drank purified butter ghee. Uh, ghee is um, just a clarified butter yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then mixed with raw, like warm milk from a cow. So raw cow's milk, uh-huh. warm with ghee. You, they separate. So you mix it up and you just down that. Now in an authentic Panchakarma experience, you'll do that for – I think you do it for a full week to 10 days. And you get up to like no joke, a kilo – Ghee a day, so like you're eating nothing but rice and ghee and soup that has ghee as the base, and you're drinking ghee at every meal. Between you work up to it, you know, it's like the last day, maybe you're doing that much, but like that's what. So, you're basically saturating your entire system. This is what they they tell you you're saturating your entire system with this um, Ayurvedic cleansing type of uh, fat, and um, it kind of loosens up. Uh, The toxins, so the Mm -hmm. fat-soluble toxins get attracted to it. I I buy into some of this stuff, and some of it I I, I don't. Some of it's kind of like hippy dippy hocus pocus, and some of it is, you know, based in science. But five thousand years ago, the science that they had was the science that they had, and they just haven't changed that. And so. I just went with it. Yeah, you know it, it makes sense
0: argue. I mean you think about it, I mean, a lot of things get absorbed even fat soluble. I mean, that's why when you have like a green drink, you're supposed to throw like an avocado in it because you know, it allows the, the fat can can be a transportation mechanism into the cells. So it's almost yeah. like you're you're you know, you're flooding your system with all these fat binding agents that more or less kind of through the kind of the, the process of osmosis would then fill up your system with all this clean fat and then slowly basically transport it out almost like you know it's like a like a flush thing or detox in the system so i mean i mean in a sense that does make sense to me but again i'm, I'm not a nutritionist but it yeah, does make and, sense
1: and me coming from you know the company i sold was a nutrition company so like i i have a, an insight where i'm kind of like okay i'm gonna go with it but i think there's other mechanisms at play mm. um but i you know I, I i did it and um oh on top of this um this next step is yeah. you're getting a, a massage every day, so nice. you get about a two-hour massage with uh, medicated oils, and so the combination of them, like grinding on your skin, on your muscle, on the fascia every day, loosening up the muscle, yep. loosening, you know, like breaking up the the fascia and uh, and and the fat s- the, um, storage um, under your skin, while also ingesting all of this ghee, kind of like starts to it starts to. M- move things in your body and the idea is that you're transporting the fat that you the dietary fat that you've ingested and the stored up fat in your body like some of the toxins and things like that are supposed to move to your belly which goes to the next step which is loads of fun and that is vomiting <laughs> and so um for a full week an authentic experience what you f- do is you uh, every day Every day. Now, on top of this, mind you, we're doing 90 days of yoga, meditation, and breath work in the or 90 minutes of yoga, meditation, mm-hmm. and breath work in the morning, mm-hmm. and 90 minutes of the same thing at nighttime. Wow. Um, eating all vegan food. We're drinking the ghee. We're taking in ashwagandha and all of these other medicated drinks and having medicated oil massages every day. Um, and then they give you a some sort of a, a, a concoction. I did not do this, um, you know, to, to do full clarity, like um, I, I didn't, this is what, I'm explaining an authentic experience. Mm, and sure. So I did some variation on it, which is based, they determine this based on your dosha, which is they, they take your pulse and they read your your pulse and then they figure out which of the three constitutions you are and then they go with the treatments that are best for you based on mm. on that stuff. And um, so you puke you literally, you have to drink, I think it's like a gallon of, um, of milk and then, yeah, every day for seven days, and then you vomit that up, and I guess there's like like five or six people like cheering you on, like, oh, you can do it, all right, like, and you're puking your brains out, it's coming out your nose, out your eyes, uh, but it's supposed to release all the toxins that have accumulated in your upper tract from you know the oil and all the massage. Uh, the other part of it is called purification, which is the opposite of puking, where everything else comes out the other end. And mm. so uh, we had to – and this I did. Oh my gosh, did I do this? And I had to drink the most disgusting greens drink I've ever – I'm like trying to <laughs> uh, – ever had in off. my life. <laughs> and, I'm like, and you know what? Like I'm th- th- so thankful that Kathy did it first because she did it and she's like, oh, oh, got uh. – she muscled it down. She, she held her nose and she did it. And I was like, OK, cool. She did it because she has a very sensitive belly – Her digestion has kind of been kind of, you know, wonky and she responds poorly to things that taste terrible. Um, Sure. But she did it and I was like, cool. She did hers like on a Monday. I did mine on a Tuesday and I'm glad we did it in that order because if she would have saw me drink first, there's no way she would have done it because she did it like a champ and I did it like like a puddle of piss. I was just like. I was like complaining. The whole, it was just so disgusting. Um, and then you spend – they tell you about 10 to 20 trips to the toilet. And um, I took three trips to the toilet, but I was on the toilet each time for 20 or 30 minutes and had multiple mm-hmm. releases mm-hmm. each time. And so, um, yeah, what we're doing now is we're getting rid of the toxins that accumulate in the lower track and we are – um, helping to restore the uh, balance to, to our gut health and our microbiome. Yep. That's the basic idea there. Um, then we go on towards um, eye flushing where they put like a clay mask on your eyes and they bombard your eyes with ghee. Um, they put these um, chili pepper garlic oils in your nose and you sit there for 15 minutes and release no joke about a pound of mucus. Um, you do that for a number of days, which I did that. And every time, I uh, mean, you know, eight ounces to 16 ounces, I'm guessing we didn't weigh it. But like a punch of mucus came out. Um, and then the last thing that you do is um, leeches and they do bloodletting where they put leeches on your inner thighs. They let them suck the blood out and then they just fall off when they're full. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, you had me up to the leeches, man. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I
1: I really wanted to do the leeches and they (laughs) just, they said, we're not going to do those. And I was like, eh, really disappointed. But... Yeah. So the the entire idea, the the it, it, the premise is that mucus and inflammation are the two things that really reduce our lifespan. Mm-hmm. And if we can get rid of inflammation and we can get rid of the buildup of mucus in our systems and restore gut health and you know move toxins out of our system, then we're going to you know extend our lives and 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 the the time that we do have here is mm-hmm. going to be greatly enhanced as well. We'll just improve the quality of our life while we are alive.
0: A hundred percent. So. Yeah. And there's you know a lot of times for some odd reason. And I think there's also a value in the fact of the the medicine being extremely uncomfortable. Uh, I think there's a purification process that happens through the pain as well. uh, that your body's understanding that like, you know, you're you're going through the struggling part, but then on the other side you you you, you feel better. Like I mean, how did you you know, how did you feel after this process?
1: Um I I, you know, I didn't really feel as though I got as much out of it as I had hoped. Mm. It it was it, the, the and I think what I, honestly I think it's a great program regardless mm. of the science and how it actually works and what they tell you, the concept is is amazing. Mm. The um, implementation of the of the of the treatments, I think, could be improved and and. and I'm, I can only speak from my experience, which is limited to this one facility. So I think what happened, Dylan, is I just picked the wrong facility. Mm. And they – it was more of a touristy thing. I yeah. had a nice resort that was in the, in the mountains that I could view the, the snow on the Himalayas. And we had a, a lake in front of us called Begnis Lake. And they were catching fresh fish out of there every day. We couldn't eat the fish. But, you know, it was just like amazing. But it was a resort. And so we we, we received, in my opinion, a less than authentic experience because it was based on tourism rather than Ayurvedic, you know,
0: medicine. I I totally understand that. When uh, uh, me and, you know, uh, Matt and Tanya went down to Peru, um, we were at the first place primarily. It was very kind of resorty and nice, right? Um, And we did that for a while. We actually went through a whole purification process as well where we drank kind of like a... It was called, like, the Red Cat, and it was just, you do that, and then you do a couple gallons of water, and it was just, like, nonstop vomiting for, you know, a couple of hours. It wasn't a week, and then you go through this whole process. But then we ended up going to, like, this little tiny hut village shaman training center uh, in the middle of nowhere, and that was much, much more authentic, and you could feel the vibe of the different two places. You know, one was catering to the Americans, while another one was kind of, like... We don't care you're here but we've been here forever and you're gonna come and go kind of thing and so yeah. um, but there's but you know you, you at least get to go and experience it and you know you go through this process one time you you can come back on another round and go okay i've been to the touristy place now i'm gonna go deeper into the woods right and and it's kind of Absolutely. like a signpost so
1: that's sorry that's kind of how it was for me like at the, at the end i was like you know what i'll do this again but i'll, I'll do it at one of these places it doesn't need to be three weeks or two weeks, it, we could get, we can get this stuff done in a week, mm-hmm. you know? And there, there are places that will do all five. And whether that's authentic or not, whether that's protocol or not, like I'm more attracted to like the hardcore. Yeah. I wanted the experience of, you know, puking <laughs> and shit my brains out. Like I was going for that, you know? And so to not, <laughs> to not be in the pain that I had imagined in order to come through the other side as the, as the champion, like yeah. it, it was disappointing. So I'll, I'll do it again. But I'll find a place that's conducive to to my specific needs and goals.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, you had your kind of your warrior hat on, and you're like, "Hey, I'm ready to do some spiritual battles here," and uh, it just it wasn't quite. It wasn't and quite. They started sh- shooting like Nerf darts at me. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> uh, so okay, cool. So was that halfway through your vacation, or I don't know, want to call it a vacation, but your kind of your your journey? Yeah. Um, and did you, did you did you did you take that with you, or did you then go? Oh, I'm gonna go have a whole bunch of pasta in Venice after this. Or did you continue, once that was that prep up for another part of leg like, in your journey to continue on this kind of spiritual um, search thing, or? what, how did, how did that impact the rest of your trip? Yeah, I'm trying to come up with a clever a clever analogy. Um,
1: uh, <laughs> the Panchakarma cleanse was towards the end of our trip. Now, we would we didn't know when the end was going to be. We mm-hmm. came back because of quarantine, because um, there were talks of Americans being stuck outside of the country for 18 months if we didn't return immediately. And with my parents at, that, at their age, we wanted to get back and, and, and not get stuck out there. I was totally cool being out there, and so was Kathy, but we had family to think about and um so we decided yeah. to end the trip so it while it was towards the end it wasn't at the very end because at the um we'd already had scheduled uh panchakarma and then very quickly after panchakarma we would go to costa rica so i could do my um entheogen immersion and mm-hmm. um so it, it the the panchakarma cleanse in nepal
0: mm-hmm.
1: was was like the setup for the, um, for the money shot that, that, that happened in Costa Rica. Sp- spiritual money shot. Spiritual money shot. <laughs> and, and, so, and, and, and really, um, because, you know, uh, we, we've had some discussions about uh, spirituality and different ways to tap into spirituality. And up until mm-hmm. that point, I've been doing, you know, meditation and all of the things. I've been sober for 21 years from street drugs, alcohol and whatnot. And so I, I've, done, I've done a good amount of work on, on personal development, self-growth, you know, mm. self-care, all of these things. Um, and while meditation was able to get me to a certain level, there was, I knew that there was so much more out there. So I, I started, you know, ayahuasca started calling to me mm-hmm. back in 2017 and it took me a couple of years before I actually was comfortable diving into it, uh, in, in, in a way that would protect my sobriety because I didn't want to jeopardize the recovery of, in, that, that I have and, and, and. and even if it didn't like send me on a bender like i didn't want to feel the the sensation that of guilt and shame that i understood relapse to be yeah and i did so it, it was really paramount that I, I made sure i was at peace with with this decision um and uh i put a lot of thought a lot of effort into it mm-hmm. so when we when you know, so with ayahuasca, there's a, a, a they call it the dieta, and then the diet is is you know, no caffeine, no sugar. Um, it's basically vegan, no dairy or animal products, and then no sex. And there's a couple other limitations. I think you, it's basically a diet low in t- tyramines and so um, so your body doesn't uh, purge as much compared to somebody who might just having me go into it with a regular diet. Mm-hmm. So knowing that. W- this part of our trip was coming up. I wanted to make sure that like, I didn't just follow a standard ayahuasca diet for five days or seven days. I wanted to go into it after a 21 day Panchakarma cleanse where my body was primed to get the most out of this experience. Because if I was going to commit to something, I was, I was going to do it right. Yeah, Different interpretations of what right is. But for me, I knew that Um, when ayahuasca called to me in 2017, I started the work. I started getting back to like the 12 steps and started getting back to meditation and journaling and gratitude lists and affirmations and all of the things to connect to my spirituality and to myself so that I knew that when I did the ayahuasca, I was not coming from a place of wanting to use a medicine or a drug or some sort of external stimulus to get there that I was actually, I had done the work. I had put myself first. I had done everything I can possibly do, and now I
0: knew going into it that I was ready. Does, it, does that make sense? It makes a ton of sense. It's you know, with a lot of things, intentions everything, right? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> for example, I mean, I know you don't drink, but like drinking socially versus drinking out of pain and sorrow alone in a room are two very different um, experiences. Oh. Right. Yeah. And so the intention behind that is like, are you, are you using ayahuasca as a, as a crutch because, um, you, you, you know, you can't get by and you, and you want to be able to use that thing. Or are you saying like, look, I've earned this and I've earned this through dedication, through, uh, pain, through suffering, through focus, through, you know, enduring. And then, and then having that thing to say, you, it, you know, it's like, you know, you're taking rocket fuel. And, you know, you're, you're going to put it in the engine that you, you, you've polished up and have ready versus, you know, you take the rocket fuel and you put it like in a lawnmower. It's not going to get the <laughs> same results, you know. Yeah. And so I, I completely understand that. And the intention behind that whole thing is like, you know, and it, it was very similar to the way that I did it when we did it, our first round was, you know, we went a whole month with, on a hardcore dieta before going into the jungles and continuing on with that thing. Because I wanted to make sure that everything led up to that. You were completely prime because it does... Have a tendency to rake through you. And if you have a bullshit diet, and it's just gonna kind of like, okay, well, let's just talk about your diet. And then you all of <laughs> a sudden that 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 is your entire and all you find out is that you need to work on your diet after at yeah. the end of the ayahuasca session. When when if you purify that process, it just it can rake through you so much deeper that you find those those hidden things that you even though you've done all the journaling and all the other things that you feel like you're completely uncovered, you all of a sudden your iceberg of consciousness raises up three more levels and you can see everything below the surface you couldn't see before versus, you know, your diet's jacked up, right? That's a, that's a it was an obvious one. So it makes a, a ton of sense, um, like uh, going through it, I guess, you know, from the perspective of, you know, being someone, um, who's been able to kind of, uh, you know, uh, have, how long was it? 12 years of sobriety? How, how long was that process for? Uh, I've been sober 21 years, 21 years, 22 decades. Wow! Uh, congratulations, that's incredible. Um, Thank you. Wow. So going through that whole process and understanding that you you're refusing to get back on that same old rut, like, I mean, I mean, what were some of the things if uh, that you feel comfortable sharing that like going through the process? Now that you went through the whole purification and then you went through um, the whole plant medicine, I mean, I mean, what were some things that were some takeaways for you? Um, what were some insights? What were you know some 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 messages or downloads that you got th- from the experience man i wish we had like four podcasts to cover this. <laughs> I <know it. clears throat> here's pandora's it's, box here you go <laughs> yeah like um, and prioritizing
1: the the e- each of the experiences is, is and I'll, I'll i'll do my best i'll do my best so the first mm-hmm. thing that i it's important to understand is that we started with three sessions of combo um looks K A M B O looks like Cambo. It's pronounced combo. Mm. This is the, where they burn dots into your skin. Yeah, they wipe a the little blister and then they, they rub um, poison from the Amazon uh, monkey frog into your skin and then it uh, basically it's a it's the world's strongest antibacterial, antifungus. A- antiseptic it, it it's anti-inflammatory. this is just like uh, touted to be the world's strongest everything wow. and uh, uh, my my friend uh, house uh, did this uh, he he I flew him out and asked him to join me and uh, so he spent I spent a month there he spent a week there but to give you an, an understanding of how strong this medicine is at, at least for him he um he has diverticulitis and he um and, and people go to this place that I went to for all kinds of reasons. I mean, the, the founder, she's uh, no longer has hepatitis C, it's undetectable, no longer has Lyme disease, undetectable, like total transformation. He, my friend house has a belly issues and, um, because of his diverticulitis, so, so for like five or six years, he's just been living with pain after his first combo session, pain was completely gone after the second combo session, the numbness that was, has been in his legs and his, the top of his, his quads for the last four years, totally numb. Like if you put your fingers, like draw a line on his legs, he can't feel it. Um, after the second combo session, like his the feeling returned to his legs, sensation returned to his legs. Um, So that's the kind of stuff that's happening with this medicine. And this is, this is actually it's legal in the United States. I Mm. uh, we have a, uh, I'm not sure if you, if you know Bernadette, but she's a pink art member. From our camp at Burning Man, and she's a, a facilitator of combo, travels around and does this stuff. So I got thirteen dots total, and they have you do this in order to, even if you did the the dieta, the, 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 you, you they still want you to cleanse and purify and get rid of bacteria and toxins and all of that stuff and go through this process. Now most people wow. do vomit. I didn't vomit with the combo. I also did not vomit one time with within four sessions of ayahuasca. Wow. And so. I was, and she said, well, you did a karma cleanse. You went pretty hard. You've been working on this for 21 years. You've done the meditation, the journaling, the affirmations, you put the work in. So your my purge was more energetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did in, in a way purge each of the four sessions that we did, yeah. but it, it didn't come out in the form of vomiting. It came out in the form of an energetic release of, of energy, like through my body out my arms to the sky through the animals and the wind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if, if your listeners have never have never d- participated in the ayahuasca ceremony, that might sound a little far-fetched or a little uh, abstract, but I'm pretty sure you understand what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Well, I've, I've seen was, it come I've seen it come out as yawns and I've uh, seen it come out as like, you know, you know, shouts and cries and other things like that, but you have um <clears throat> like a, a a musical vibration to you. And then, yeah. it kind of, it kind of waviates and pulsates out like, a, like a kind of like a, an internal light force that kind of, sh- and like, kind of goes out into the distance. But yes, it is, it is a difficult to describe experience. Much like most experiences are difficult to describe if you have no relative associations to the thing. Um, yeah. So, so you you were having these energetic releases, these pulsating boom, boom, boom. Yeah. That are just.
1: Wow. <laughs> like to to give you an an example and your mm-hmm. listeners of of the power behind this stuff. Um, uh, I did my very first session of it. It's, what we do is daimi, and daimi is from the Church of Santo Daimi. It's a um, it's a very slim down version of ayahuasca. Many tribes will mix in tobacco or flowers or different um, different vines and different roots and herbs into the ayahuasca as it brews. Um, the Church of Santo Daimi only uses the, the the vine and the and the, the branch, the the chakunra. Cha- cha- generations- Kunra and the, um, and then the ayahuasca itself. I think that's how you mm-hmm. say it. And so it's just those two, two things. So we do dining. Um, mm-hmm. my very first session was on the one year anniversary of the death of our dog mama. And so while I was in the session, I remembered this and I called, I, I, I specifically, I, I, I said out loud, I'm very talkative in, in these sessions. And mm-hmm. I said, I call upon the spirit of mama. And at that moment, and you have to remember we're, we're in Costa Rica, the, the home is an open door platform. Right, so like the, you can see the trees, you can see the jungle, you can see the ocean. The like the wind is coming through. There are bats living in the house, in the twenty foot ceilings above us, and uh, we are laying on these mats comfortably, with music, sometimes, but sometimes uh, chanting and and smudging and smoke and noisemakers and you know uh, prayer happening. And so I, right then I say I, I call upon the spirit of Mama and I said this with every ounce of understanding of life I had, mm-hmm. at that moment a gecko on the ceiling started barking, bop, 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 a little lizard. And at that, now you could say coincidence, but yeah. in that moment that was my dog, the spirit of my dog coming to me saying I'm here. So then I was like, let's let's get to work. And so I called upon the spirit of my grandmother and then I called upon Anthony Raymond Colover First, my grandfather whom I'm named after, and I got to visit with with these with these spirits of, of my lost loved ones. And then I said, I call upon the spirits of every ancestor I have on both sides of my family, on both sides of every branch, on both sides of every of every tree and every leaf, and, and all the way back. And when I did that, a a wave from the ocean a mile away crashed and with it came wind that went through winding through the jungle, through the trees, through the grass, up over the rocks, through the tree that was massive right outside the, the the house that I was at. It came through the tree, and this is at three in the morning, Dylan, and all of the birds nesting in the tree just started screeching at the top of their lungs, calling to one another, calling with the wind, and they came all the way through the house. The wind came through the house. The leaves came through the house. It circled around and it exited through both sides of the house. So as I called for my ancestors to be there with me, the wind brought them in the form of the birds that all solidarity, in in, in, in unity, just, just came out and just chirped away to let me know that they were there with me. And then they, the wind carried the entire experience through me and out the house.
0: Wow, There's, so were you, um, that's, as you're going through it was there did you have also like um was it like a knowingness sensation that 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 the wind was energy was there a did you have a visual visual elements along with it was it um
1: they yeah they showed up you can you can you imagine a um uh a high school auditorium and you have like a um you know uh, maybe a basketball games happening in the bleachers or the stadiums are all all full of people Mm -hmm. without a high school feel like it it was just like everybody was on it like a on Steps yeah, and they just showed up and they were all equally displayed um, Kind of surrounding me and then it kind of came through me with the wind and then they exited There was a
0: was there communication in some sense? No, no or is it was there? No, was there?
1: It, it was a feeling it was an understanding of we are here. Mm-hmm. We are and you will carry carry our spirit forward um, which felt like a responsibility mm-hmm. to to do right moving forward by, by those that have come before me that allowed me to, to be in this, in this plane. Um, I'll, I'll share one more experience sure. in, in, in this purging. Sure. I, um, yeah, I wish I had the video on right now because, um, my, my right hand would shake back and forth. Like I had a tambourine and it sort of like just, blah, 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 and my left hand would do like a circular motion, like waving in, like, like fanning almost like coming from mm. underneath and pulling. And, um, what i later realized was that my right hand is is the divine masculine of god and my left hand is the divine feminine and the divine feminine brings in the love and welcomes the love from all servants of love throughout time and and space and then the divine masculine hand pulls out the pain and and because the divine masculine is strong and pulls the pain from my body while the divine feminine welcomes love and the love it replaces the pain that the masculine pulls and so it's this energetic flow from one side to the next and we together my hands acting as divine masculine divine feminine of god Mm -hmm. start healing body and we get to my um to my sexual organs and I am told you you've got some work to do, and we need to we need to heal your organs. I, I've had low testosterone for um, I don't know ten or fifteen years now, mm. and um, I, I've taken injections for, to, to build my testosterone back up and the injections go in my legs. And so at some point the right one and the left one started pulling out the scar tissue of my legs and just started pulling it out like two, 300 different points and like releasing that. And like, I, I felt it through my chest, like my breath exhale every time one of these things pulled out. And then when my hands got to my testes, it started healing my, um, if I, I've got to get the blood work done to see what's really yeah. going on but in the time that in that moment in that space i could feel my hands like vibrating some sort of energy at my at my testes like healing them and um and then it went deeper from there then it Mm -hmm. went into my sexual dysfunction it went into my perversions it went into my abuse as a child it went into the abuse that i had bestowed upon relationships that i was in you know i mean just simple things that like they seem simple but like are like dirty talk and like you know all that we all have sexual stuff and as normal as that seems as an adult, it, it is not normal in the spiritual realm. And so that healing, those things were released. And as I started to like really see some of the damage that I had done with my sexual desires and behavior, mm-hmm. I you know, even, even something like looking at porn is like me contributing to an industry that is, is destroying mankind. And and I, so like there's abuse there. And so I'm letting these things go. And finally, got, there's like a surge from my hands that like almost magnetic, where it's like, it's pushing away, like when two magnets oppose mm-hmm. each other. And I'm coming down on it and it's getting stronger and stronger. And I just push. And then all of a sudden it releases through my belly, through my chest, through my esophagus, out my mouth. My hands launch to the sky. There are four dogs on property. And this is again, two or three in the mornings. And these four dogs, start barking and they start barking and my hands are like flailing at the at the ceiling while I'm laying down and my hands are shaking and my arms are going back and forth. My chest is almost like going back and forth and up and down like I have a weight. I'm trying to launch off it through my breath and everything is convulsing and these dogs are just going crazy outside wow. barking and barking and barking. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. My hands fall to the mat and the dogs start howling. They all start howling in a and like, I am like the harmony from these dogs, the song that they sang Mm -hmm. was a song, of my sexual healing and the release of all of the pain I had held and all of the pain I had bestowed upon others. And as my arms fell and they were howling, I, I heard the voice of God said, you, you are clean.
0: Wow. Um, that's incredible. There's there's so much there. Um, uh, gosh, so, I mean, with that, uh, again, I, I, I would like a four, uh, four podcast in a row to talk to you about all this because there's, I mean, there's an incredible amount of stuff to, to, to go over on this, but um, you know, um, you know, a lot, especially for, for men. Um, and it's different for women. Um, the, the things that affect us when we're younger, uh, things that uh, affect our sexual natures, uh, we we get what's called state locking, and it, and and then all of a sudden yeah. you, you get this this thing where you become attracted to, maybe you find an, uh, an older woman attractive when you're younger then it locks, or you find something else attractive, a uh, BDSM or anything, but you get locked in certain states, um, and 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 that sexuality things, and some of it can be healthy, but sometimes it can it can be, you know, this weird sexual fantasies that may not be healthy to. Affect people and it I mean it sounds like I mean you had this energy moving through you this kind of cleansing process on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a deep and visceral level and there's this weird I would feel almost like um, I mean I with like wolves and with other types of like you know alpha creatures that pack animals there they're very congruent with their with their primal desires or primal needs in a very you know healthy way um, and it feels like that there's some sort of parallel going on with that, you know, um, sexual, animalistic, um, mm. pack-like systems. That, I mean, I, I, am only just trying to wrap my head around um, on that process. Wow, that's incredible. Were you aware that they were howling in the background? Was that something that you were? Aware of? Did someone else have to tell you that later, or were you connected I, with them in some way? I, I was
1: aware. Uh, it, it, I, they, they were so loud and they're, I mean, they're literally like 50 feet away and they're, I'm in the middle of the jungle jungle. So there's monkeys and there's birds and there's, you know, geckos and frogs and crickets chirping. And, you know, and, the, and so the dogs being so close and not being of nature, like those dogs wouldn't be there if man didn't put build a house there. You know, it was, it was, a uh, it was. I was very well aware that those dogs, but they were, they were acting on my behalf. They were the spiritual connection, the bridge between me and the spirit world. And they, they, um, if nothing else provided confirmation, affirmation that, that what I had just done was accepted into the spirit world released from my body and released as love allowed to return to God and then then purified so that when it is ready that energy can return to me as love um, but only when it's love because I don't accept I don't tolerate anything else but love anymore and that, that that understanding was there too and so the dogs facilitated that end
0: when you say you don't tolerate anything but love anymore are you talking was this before or after the ayahuasca experience this was during that same sort of six hour. So that was was one of the downloads messages you got was not to tolerate anything besides love inside your your world.
1: Yeah, I only allow love. I am love. I have more than enough love to heal the world. I I am love. These are some of the things. Now, uh, we talk about intention coming to us and like setting our own attention. But the lady who was the facilitator, she doesn't like to be called a shaman, but Mm -hmm. as she came up to me, I was maybe one hour in, in that visual stage, that first visual stage when sacred geometry and colors are starting to come to us and we are like essentially peaking and she comes up to me, my eyes closed and she has a, I I'm, I'm guess like a tambourine or a bean shaker or something. And, and she's just like, you know, so she starts on the other side of the room and I didn't realize she was coming at me until I realized she was fucking, this was my message and she's you know, speaking in some other language and, I, and I'm going to do it right now, but I'm, I'm not going to get it right. But it's basically that the, the, the phonetics were something like, I am a common, I am a common, I am love, common, I am love. 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 I, and she's like, now she's like from 20, 30 feet across room. Now she's in my face. She's in my bubble. And she's Mm. just like, I am love, I am love. And like, that sent me like, you know, and she's got these like shakers and tambourines and smoke is everywhere. And like, she like touches my forehead and I'm just like, boom. So the rest of that trip, I was, I am like, she put that intention in there. And so I came to the understanding that love is all there is and all there needs to be. And if I can, if I can be love, then I can, I can heal the world or at least my world and my community, my village, my home, my relationships, myself, right? That's where it starts. And so she put that in me and like, she put other th- things in me too, but there was a time when I saw two parrots outside cause we did a daytime journey. Did, and she, did she say the words I am love or did you translate that? And in... no, she, she, she speaks, she's, she's speaks perfect English. Okay. And okay. So she, so she – like some of the times like the the, the Icaros, I, I'm cool because like I don't – is Portuguese or Spanish like I could – I could speak some Spanish but not enough to like translate a song during dime, Like you know and so like some of it I'm like yes, this is just everything and it makes sense and then um, other times like in English like that it was equally as important. In fact, there was there was one time when a song was playing, and mm. one of the things that, um, at the end of the chorus, the the guy says "Pacho Daya, Pacho Daya, Pacho Daya," and he does it twice. And I had heard this song before, and so I, I wrote it down, and and I'm like, and I go to ask her, I'm like, what does this mean? She goes, I'm not sure what song that was. We'll have to check it out once we're out of the ceremony, and in my voice, God said, don't, don't worry about it, Anthony. It, it means with your grace. It means with your grace. It was four days later that the song came on again. And I went and I was like, Oh, uh, there, there, there there, it is. Well, there it is. And I listened to it. And then I look at the Spotify list and I get the guy's name and I go and I start looking and I look up the lyrics and then I translate the lyrics and I'm like, Pacho Daya, Pacho Daya. And, uh, it means graced. <laughs>
0: there uh, is um oh, so let me let me ask you this um yeah n- n- for people that don't go through the experience, it's very hard to understand, but i mean, sure. do you feel like this is something? that is an internal experience that you're, by taking this medicine and this is just, um, uh, with ayahuasca, I mean, very common are the messages that we are love, love is all you need. I mean, I had very similar experiences as I was going through it as well. Now. Uh, with you going through this do you believe this was a a purely psychological um phenomenon uh with pharmacology and 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 bring that in and then this is just the natural process of your brain going through this or do you feel like you're actually connected with the universe with some untapped um intangible um um essence that you don't necessarily can't really tune into or connect with um uh normally uh with uh, everyday consciousness
1: if you would have asked me this if i would have heard this story um before i had done the ayahuasca and the bufo and the you know mm-hmm. i would have said that there is an element of there has to be an element of the psychological um uh expression or psychological understanding there's something going on in the human mind this is the way our human the, the brain works like i've always thought like even before i was like when somebody says oh like oh like i accepted christ as my savior and and then and everything turned great i'm like well what you're doing in your brain is you're like releasing control and you're surrendering and of course it doesn't have to be christ it could be anything and, like and that that surrendering is part of the human mind's way of like dealing with things and and, and releasing the stress and releasing the the outcome and When we do that, our cortisol goes down, then epinephrine and this GABA and the dope. You know, like I could have got into serotonin. So, like, yeah, there's a scientific thing happening. After going through this four times, and then especially after my Bufo ceremony, I have to believe that it's purely, purely a spiritual thing
0: Mm.
1: that relies upon the science of our psychology. To, to translate things in a way that we understand. And sometimes the translation is so jumbled up by sacred geometry and, 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 and sound and light that we, we, we can't translate. It's just – it's, it's untranslated, in, untranslatable. It's just not possible. But I think it, it, it's a combination. You know? mm-hmm. and, and so what I try to do right now is stay out of the science part. Mm-hmm. Because I've tried to like when, a minute ago when I said, oh, yeah, like your experience with Christ is not real. It's all science. Like that's me downplaying somebody's spiritual experience. And, and that, that's the old me. And, and, and if somebody finds peace in Christ, like who am I to say anything about that? Right. And so in the same way, who am I to say anything about my own experience? Like I can try to figure it out or I can just accept the lessons that came of it. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, it allows me to stay in that, in, in that piece, as opposed to justify myself away from the piece.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's no matter what it's like, it was, it was still an experience that had a transformative effect on you and, you know, how and where it comes from is kind of irrelevant. Uh, It's more like, you know, what was the outcome based on it? It's just. I had a conversation with you before about this having a conversation with you after about this I'm very curious about that the the contrasting opinions of of thoughts because you know it does more of a curiosity is why I'm asking that but you know but there is a it's one thing if someone says oh you know love is all you need you're like oh yeah logic I get it okay. love is right. all you need but it's another right. thing to embody and feel that through every fiber of your being and resonate with that and and, and take that not only into your head but into your heart and into your gut and I feel like that's you know going through the ayahuasca experience is something that um, is is it's a much more what we call an embodied cognition a, a, a knowingness in your body yeah. there's um, a
1: difference between believing and knowing mm-hmm. and 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 faith is is you know an understanding without proof mm-hmm. without you know, mm. you, you, don't, you don't have the proof, you don't have the the, the tangible, you know, uh, the data that you need or whatever the experience. Mm. And that, that's where faith comes in. I think faith is super useful, um, but faith is for those that hope and desire and don't know, but believe so strong that it gets them through, whereas knowing is understanding. Yeah. And uh, that's that. And if we have time to talk about my Bufo experience, I, I would love to get into that because it's even it's it's not a cherry on top. It's 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 the top.
0: I, I, yes. Let's let's get into that. The, um, the, the two things I'm going to say real quick about it is um, and we'll let's talk about the Bufo is um, one, I think as as humans we always straddle two lines, right? We we want the magic, we want to believe, we want those things to be real. At the same time, we don't want to be tricked. We're not I'm not a sucker. Yeah. I'm not gonna fall for that. Yeah, and yeah. and that and that that's, those two worlds is, is very difficult. And especially if someone hasn't experienced it, they're like, oh, that's just psychological. This is, but when then you go through it, you're like, well, no. And so you, even sometimes when I talk about some of my own experiences going through it, I, you know, I'm like, if I, if I didn't go through this myself and really know this, I would think that I was just, it was just yeah. crazy talk. And, and what I'm curious about, because I do want to talk about the Bufo, but, um, what I'd love to see, or one thing that I'm dying to ask you is how going through all of this, how has it changed your 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 mission? How has it changed your Holy Grail? How has it reset the trajectory of of what you plan to do now that you're back? What effects okay. has it changed on your on your on your path of mm-hmm. of um you know on your your Holy Grail, your mission, or your, what you're you're moving towards?
1: Well, there, there's um let me preface this by saying I I can answer this. With two perspectives, mm-hmm. I can answer this in the perspective of after doing ayahuasca before Bufo, mm-hmm. and then I can do this I can let's, after let's do that. before. So before, um I, I never I never really spoke of God. I never I, I had words with God, you know, from my childhood and my understanding. And like we had you know I being in recovery, twelve step recovery specifically, we rely on a higher power to restore us to sanity. and we you know use a higher power, God, in order to stop the drinking and the drugging and the, you know, and so that's been there. but like i've I've also held resentment towards God for for many of the same reasons that a lot of people do like why do you allow suffering why is there cancer why why is there child abuse and all of the injustice to innocence mm-hmm. you know like th- those things and um and specifically like why, why am i in so much pain and and you know and and it com- what it comes down to for me is like the pain was not put there by god the pain was put there by the people who in- interpreted god and forced that interpretation upon me right so mm-hmm. I, I I'm just trying to set the tone to, yeah, no, so to understand that God, God was not part of my life before. When, when I was on my fourth session, we had a day journey and I saw two parrots fly into the tree and they and I asked Nadine, I said, are they lovers? And she goes, yeah, they'll be together forever. They they mate for life. And I went and I lay down. I'm, I'm in. I'm in the ayahuasca. It's just a daytime, so I was able to see these things. And then at, they told me at some point, two butterflies circled around me as I was laying down with my eyes closed, and they circled for like 10 seconds, and then they flew off. So there was there was some sort of a pair going on. And what I had realized was that um, God, I kind of touched on this earlier, is both masculine and feminine. And when united in equal balance, they create divinity. And that divinity allows healing, which allows for gratitude, which allows for play. And as long as they are equal and balanced, not always 50-50, maybe 40-60, maybe whatever, Mm -hmm. then, then there's an opportunity for healing. I took that as as everything, my understanding of God completely. And then I related that to my relationship where I realized that my relationship with Kathy, we haven't been equals. I've been the breadwinner. I've been the, the guy that, uh, you know, like we're we going to eat, like I decide, you know, like things like that. And, and, and I had realized this in the, in the Dime, And so it, it influenced me outside of the ayahuasca experience to really approach all things with equal parts of my own masculine and my own feminine. And and I know you know me, so you know I get mm-hmm. my nails painted and sometimes mm-hmm. I wear dresses. I'm I'm not a drag queen, but I'm I don't give a, a shit about those things and I use I use my 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 clothing and my attire and my mm-hmm. look and my tattoos and my my mixture of gender to start conversations with the right people and to push away the people that are the wrong people. So I've always mm-hmm. been comfortable with my feminine a masculine combination, but it was never an equal balance and it was never equal physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, and sexually. It was, it was, you know, all kinds of like too much masculine or too much feminine. And, and so it it gave me a perspective as to how to move forward with kindness and directness, Mm -hmm. right. With, with confidence and love. Mm -hmm. And so that right there stuck. And so moving forward, the one thing that I have is this understanding of God and equality and divinity being at the forefront of all of my actions and making sure that there is complete balance in everything that I do, whether it's the words that I use or the attention that I give to somebody or being present in the moment or hygiene or, you know, like my hobbies or things that I'm interested in. I try to approach things now with an open mind, and equal masculine and feminine balance so that um, healing on every level in every facet can occur. Mm. That's probably the, the biggest thing that I've taken from that and it, and it seeps out in all areas of my life now.
0: Wow. The, um, when we were uh, going back and forth on Facebook and chatting, um, one of the quotes that our, I, I sent to you was the Brene Brown quote um, I don't know why but it, I was kind of just kind of called to do it but they uh, one of the hardest things to do is more than anything is keep balanced and a balance of masculine and feminine energies really, it's, it's easy to dump onto one side it's the hardest to stay balanced in That one of the quotes that uh, that um, I think I wrote to you and it makes me think about right now is the Renee Brown quote of uh, soft front strong back wild mm-hmm. heart and um, yeah. it seems like trying to keep that all in there because they're 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 all pulling in different directions, um, and being able to kind of keep that balance is um, uh, it, it takes a lot of effort and focus and vulnerability and strength and courage, um, um, which it sounds like is kind of um, well, it, it it used to. Mm-hmm. Mm. It, that that
1: that you I used to strive for that kind of thing. I used to strive to be balanced, and I used to strive to to, to be a better person. Let's just mm. say that.
0: Sure. And
1: it it took work. I, again, I'll, I'll affirmations and journaling and meditation, and you know, it it took real work. And um, after going through the ayahuasca experience, I feel as though more of me. More of of the person that I was before society got its hands on me has come out, hmm. and contracts that I agreed to, the contracts that I inherited, the contracts that interfered with me being myself, you know, whether it was my parents or my teachers or the media, or things that came down through generational um, lessons, through my DNA or through you know behavior of my uh, my, my, my my father, you know, like reprimanding me or whatever, like all of these things that I've agreed to, once I was able to release those, I was reminded of the contracts that I agreed to with God before I came into this vessel. And that made me who I was. And so while it used to take effort to get to the point where I could start working on being a better person, I feel as though as now I've been reminded of who I was previously, who I came to this world as, and I have been imprinted permanently because of the ayahuasca experience with a mechanism that reminds me of that. And so Mm -hmm. it's easier for me to be that better person. It's easier for me to, to, to be balanced and to be both masculine and feminine. It doesn't take as much effort. It's just there now because I cleared so much gunk out of my engine. Mm -hmm. I, I I now feel like this is like my natural
0: state. So it
1: doesn't take the effort that
0: it once did. Wow. So you got it. So you by being able to kind of review all these contracts that you've made, un, un you know, intentional, unintentional throughout life, you don't realize it, but you know, the the contracts that you made unknowingly, um, you know, with everybody in your life and even with yourself, subconsciously yeah. you removed all those ones and you realize that the you know the, the the most important contract is is the deal is you made you know the promises you made to yourself even before being born and the promises you made to God or the universe or everything which revolves around um, sounds like loving yourself loving everybody uh, speaking your truth um, and and because you removed all those other contracts a lot there's a lot. Less to think about. Um, there's a lot less to think about in process because you're like, I've gotten rid of all this other bullshit, and so it's super easy to focus on these one, two, three most important things, and everything else kind of falls by the wayside.
1: It's actually twenty-three. I wrote them all. I wrote them. I wrote them all down the next morning, and um, and then I. The, and I, it's like um, what I had realized is as I was, you know, God presented me with this contract, mm. and um, I, I brought Nadine over. And, you know, um, I said, I have a contract has been presented and she's like, Ooh, and I said that I just don't know. I don't know how to navigate this world. Do I, is it uh, acceptable to, 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 to agree to a contract in this spirit world? She goes, well, what's the contract? And I basically said to heal the world with love. And she says that sounds like a pretty fucking good contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, do and, it. Uh, so, so I did, and then got me twenty three others. And what I and I relived, I, what I realized is that I wasn't just. It felt in the moment as though like he was, God was, and I say he, but you know, God was giving me these contracts, and then we would negotiate. I'm like, well, what do you, what are you offering, and what do you expect? And then he, he was clear as day, telling me what, what you know. And then after all twenty three, he. he Turned the key, locked it, and kicked it out to the universe. And then what I realized was, you know what, these contracts, I didn't just sign these. These are contracts that I signed billions of years ago every time my spirit goes into another vessel. These are the same contracts that I've always agreed to, and now I'm just remembering that moment when I signed them for the very first time billions of years ago, or whatever it is, and I got to relive those and move forward with them. Then the next time I went into Dime Me, I realized how little I actually know That's when I had the whole masculine-feminine thing. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, like, God masculine has the lock. God feminine has the key. They open them up. They get rid of all of those 23 contracts. They put something else in there, shook it up, and then they took the key and the lock, and then they gave them both to me. And um, what I came to realize was there is really only one contract, and that is love.
0: Wow. Wow. How how do you – I mean, how do you keep the integration? Um, how do you, I mean, you, you, I mean, you know, going into this uh, this other world. I mean, you get downloads left, right, and center. It's almost like you have a you have, you have a cup, and you go underneath a waterfall, you know. And um, so, how were you able to? Because it sounds like you went back and you wrote some things down. I mean. One, how up to this point have you been able to integrate the things, the lessons and all the, all of these insights? And then two, how do you plan to continue the integration process um, forward? Sure. Sure. So um,
1: there, the, I was at this place a month and I did the ayahuasca like week two, during week two. So then I had like almost three weeks of integration on the facility with the, the staff, the team, the volunteers and the other people that I was going through, as well as my wife. And, you know, so journaling every day, meditating every day, doing, you know, healing ceremonies with meditation and with sound bowls and, um, you know, body work and things like that. And then just basically journaling. I've, I've been doing my morning pages and, you know, um, journaling in the morning. I do my gratitude list and then I do a, a brain dump of stream of consciousness and then I write affirmation. So I, I've been, you know, just reliving it and reworking it and just staying current with, with these things and just trying to understand that, um, keeping it simple for sure, but like with, with the, the understanding and the mindset that my only contract is love. I can review those 23 contracts that I wrote down and get granular and like kind of get into the weeds with them. But if I practice love I'm going to get better at love. Anything we practice we get better at. We know this, right? We don't have to be perfect at it, but the better we get, we learn lessons in the times that of, of imperfection. And then as long as we use those moving forward with our new behavior, we have an opportunity to learn from the pain of the consequences that we experience through the behavior that's not in alignment with our true selves. And so if I just practice Being love and showing love to my parents and the mailman and the lady at the grocery store, specifically my wife, specifically myself in in all areas. I mean, I'm talking love like, is it love for me to pay my bills later on time? Well, it's self-love and it's respect for them. And so that's love, like just be love. And if I do that, even on the smallest level, I'm practicing the principles for which I was able to get a better understanding of in the ayahuasca and by making that a practice i am then reliving and honoring those experiences and more things more reminders come to me from those experiences i'm still having downloads Mm -hmm. i'm still getting messages i'm still getting a better understanding of what i know what i don't know and, and how to live moving forward with these with these new principles in place but for me it's very simple my I, I was I was told a couple of things that I have to do one is I have to I have to love two is I have to follow a high frequency diet and so I'm no longer eating meat I'm no longer eating dairy or eggs I'm only eating I'm not only I' you know there's a little lo- level of flexibility and forgiveness in this sure. but food that is closest to the way God created it so like if I were to describe it it would be like pale plant-based paleo would be I guess an okay understanding of it Mm. and so like if I do that then every meal I eat I'm reminded that I'm participating in that ceremony still I'm honoring the lessons and if I do then that's a form of love and if I just love I don't really have to do much else the integration happens as long as I practice the thing that I learned and that was love 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 so for me
0: it's it's fairly simple that's that's incredible it it's it's simple but not always easy is the kind of the key to things and but well i guess for you now it's easy <laughs> it, 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 you know
1: what it's easier it's easier than it used to be it's easy. well i was never given this mandate before yeah i was never given instruction or direction now and and i have guidance and and love is my guidance it's my gps so mm-hmm. like what else is there man like yeah. fucking what else is there no, no, no. It, it now it's easy it's, clear, You know, you would ask about the science part versus the spiritual part. Like, man, I was given a mandate by God. Uh, I, I have my marching orders. And, and it's not like God's asking me to pray, you know, six times a day and to mm-hmm. meditate Hours on top of a mountain. It's not, there was no complicated things that I instructions I was given that are not within my realm of capabilities. It's like God bestowed the power of choice to me. I choose to follow the direction I was given, and as a result, rewards are coming from it. So, why would I not do exactly what I'm doing in the way I'm doing it if it allows me to heal myself and the world? Fuck.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, pretty easy. Awesome. Uh, So powerful. It's when you talked about before about, you know, wanting to be in the right um, mindset and and working your way up to something like this. And then, you know, especially because you wanted to honor um, the 21 years of sobriety that you've done. And we talked about, you know, well, the intention is everything, right? You know, are Mm -hmm. you, you know, uh, are you complimenting someone because, you know, you want to give them love or are you complimenting them because you want to get something out of them, right? And so... It it sounds like the, you know, the, as long as you follow the intention of love in all its formats and and paths, I mean, you're going to be honoring that the, the, and I know we don't want to get into the 23 rules, but the 23 (laughs) mandates that you have, which I'm absolutely curious on, but we'll, we'll talk about that another point. But, um, but it just sounds like the intention is love. It is all love. And if you just follow the love path and, and, you know, love yourself by honoring your principles and, and both inwards and outwards and everything else Will just take care of itself um absolutely one question i I would like to ask about in this new era that we live in um being the fact that we're practicing social distancing um which is almost a separation from people Mm -hmm. um i mean how would you i mean how do you envision while currently you know respecting people and uh with the social distancing i mean what are some ways that you could think of of giving love to your fellow man while keeping to the whole social distancing practices?
1: Probably do a podcast at one of my friends runs and get the message out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, that's a great idea.
1: <laughs> um, really, you know, for me, what it comes down to is like, I'm in a weird space right now, because obviously, I went through all of this. Uh, I come back from quarantine to be with my parents. I'm in a beach house. I'm locked down. Now, I'm also so social media guy. Uh, you know, before I sold the company, I had like, 500,000 followers between Facebook and Instagram and all that. So uh, I'm used to doing Facebook live videos. I'm used to being at the forefront on the other end of that camera. And it's, I'm comfortable there, you know? Um, and so, but now coming off of this like world tour and this, this spiritual tour and and into this quarantine, I'm like, okay, I, I'm not really jumping right back into Facebook right now. So at, at this moment, it's, it's a matter of not necessarily social distancing, but physical distancing. Mm-hmm. While still giving social love, and so the first thing I look at is what can I do for myself that's love. I start there, and it's like I could do my journaling, I can do my affirmations, I can, you know, I can, you know, see the sunset or I go to the beach, I can walk the dog, um, and then my relationship. How am I treating my wife? And then my parents. How am I treating my parents? Outside of that, there's not a whole lot here because I'm stuck in a house, right? And so then when I do choose to expand my horizons and go on to Facebook or get online, it's like, how am I interacting with people? What message am I sending? How am I behaving? And, and, and am I lifting people up? Am I past scrolling by somebody's post um, that is talking nonsense about political stuff that I would normally engage in? Or am I engaging in it? And if I do engage in it, am I engaging in it in a loving way? You know, so there's all kinds of facets that I can dive into. I'm not quite ready to return to the internet and mm-hmm. be that social media guy right now. I, I have a Facebook page or a group that's specifically on self-care, and I, I haven't jumped in and been like, "Hey, here's what to do when you're quarantined," because I'm still uh, figuring out how to live my new life, and I, I don't, know, I don't really want to get out there and start telling people what to do because i have a voice
0: mm-hmm. like
1: voice needs to be in alignment with my heart and with love and and i'm I'm not sure how to do that in 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 the social media I, it's not that i couldn't figure it out and it's not that i'm not willing to explore i'm just not quite ready and i just got back a few days ago you know so like I'll get to that point, but I think it's most important to honor myself with love, to honor my wife with love, to honor my parents with love, because this is my, this is my nucleus Mm -hmm. here in Alabama as I quarantine because of the, the, the virus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In order to, you know, love the world, you must first love yourself and you don't want to jump into the slipstream of social media because there is bombardments of data from all over places that it gets very distracting so uh, it makes a ton of sense um
1: there's a lot of not love out there (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah 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 there's lots of frequencies you can tune into oh my god well um when you are ready um to connect with the uh the um social onlineness um how do people get a hold of you how do they reach out to you and contact you
1: um, man, you know, I sold the company, and I haven't really started anything new on purpose. Mm-hmm. I wanted to decompress. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, uh, clear my stress. I'm like, Phew. and and, I, and I've done a pretty good job. Um, and and. I'm going to start another business and i'm going to do some other things you know ayahuasca calls to me bufo calls to me the the transformational experiences like burning man obviously called me um and so eventually i'm going to have a retreat space and i'm going to be doing that if if, if anybody wants to reach out and ask me to share my experience or if anybody just wants to talk you know and say hey man i'm thinking about doing this or i'm struggling with this area of my life i i I do self-care coaching Um, I help people. I give them techniques and tools to lower the pressure, noise and stress in their life so that they can more clearly um, see the path in front of them Mm -hmm. um, and brighten their own light so that the shadow that they walk into. Is bright enough for them and others. And so I give tools and tricks. And so, like, um, if, if somebody is interested in that kind of stuff or mm-hmm. interested in me, they can go to the Facebook group. It like 700 members. I've got another group with 40,000, but like the 700 is a str- strong group. And now that I'm back, I'm kind of being a little more active. Mm-hmm. Um, it's facebook.com forward slash self care Saturday. And um, if no, no. Uh, slash groups. You got to do groups, mm. or we just do a search on Facebook for self-care Saturday. It'll come up, and um, I'm in there. I'm not as you know active as as I will be in a couple weeks once I get my footing. Sure. But that's that's the easiest way, and um, and if somebody wants to email me, they can hit me up at kalova at gmail It's not a business, you know, email. It's just it's my email, and I'm <laughs> I'm open to all kinds of interactions. So whatever that looks like
0: beautiful thank you anthony i really appreciate your time um it it it, uh reconnected me to some past experiences that i went through and um and i just want to thank you for sharing it um being honest being vulnerable sharing your message and um and i I look forward to chatting with you a whole bunch more about this and, and everything else you got uh going on in the future so um thank you so much for your time
1: yeah dylan it's it's an honor to be on your on your podcast i'm you know just to be able to to tell my story and to get this message out in in hopes that others um, you know like ayahuasca called to me from a from a friend and and this is an opportunity to plant the seed to a, a bunch of other people and imagine if the entire world came from a place of love yeah right? What kind of, what kind of world could we create? And, and so you're giving me that opportunity in my own way to do my part to at least plant a couple of seeds and, um, and out of my hands. Um, but you facilitated that. So thank you
0: so much for the opportunity. (laughs) Thank you, man. What, what a beautiful world this would be if we all led with love. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. Have a beautiful day, man. I'll talk to you soon. Be well, Dylan. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have any comments, suggestions, or feedback on how to improve the podcast, I would cherish that. Please give me an email or shout out at dylan at heroesofreality.com. That's D-Y-L-A-N at heroesofreality.com. Stay strong, young adventurers. Until next time.